Right. We're ahead of their time. All right. Now it records. Yes, we did it. Yay. This is pretty good. Nice. Now our dream is being realized. Of making it. Of recording this podcast. <laughs> it's so poetic. Yeah. Welcome to Bottle Episodes. I'm David Piccolomini. I'm Daniel Crow. And this week we're joined by... Pamela Ross. <laughs> Thank you. I saluted. You saluted very hard. I saluted so hard. Was that a hard. salute for Stamos? Exactly. <laughs> American well, normally, icon? Normally when I salute for Stamos, I stand up and I just puff my chest out. I really make it count. But I'm a little um, sedate today. You're sedate for Stamos today. <laughs> sedate for Stamos. In fairness, you showed up and we immediately gave you a bunch of very heavy snacks. Out of... <laughs> yeah, so if you don't want to stand, I understand. It's true. I did uh, eat a chocolate-covered Oreo. Two. And two. We yeah. believe in bribing our guests. If yeah. we we're going to make it all the way out to Ridgewood, we have to give them snacks. Yeah. I think that's fair. That's... Yeah. Listen, we can't afford... We can't... We're not paying ourselves for this podcast. So we can't afford to pay other people. <laughs> we can give them snacks. Here's my question. Great. Can you just use the doctor downstairs? Like, casually? Yeah. Not yet. Can you walk down and be like, my arm feels weird? You know, I haven't tried it For context for people listening, there is a doctor's office on the bottom floor of David's apartment Oh, no. I'm going to get docs. That I'm fascinated by. You're fascinated? Okay. I got to show you the weird art down there. There's weird art about what it feels like to have different conditions. (laughs) And one of them is just sitting on a bed of nails. Uh, (laughs) Wow. You know what feels uh, worse than sitting on a bed of nails? Watching the TV show Dreams. I knew you were going to say that, but no, because I actually thought it wasn't that bad. <laughs> I thought Dreams was not that bad. And wow. I, I don't... Yeah. I d- disagree. It was pretty bad. It was it was bad. It was it hard was to get through. It was 80s cheesy, but I've seen way worse. Like, I'm not going to go and to watch every episode of Dreams. I haven't built up the kind of... Let's, let's should we explain what it is? Yes. Well, let's give the premise. Okay. Taylor, you want to give the premise of Dreams? There's a band. I think they're called Dreams. <laughs> Are they? And they might be. Are they? I think they're called I'm Dreams. I'm not sure. I don't know if they ever said their name, but I thought they were called Dreams. They yeah they don't. And they're they, in Philadelphia, and they want to make it big. They play every week at the same bar. They get their amps stolen. They meet a rich girl. She's like, I want to be your singer. She becomes their singer. She's very good. She sings a song called Dreams. <laughs> By the way, the band is called Dreams. I knew the oh, band was okay. called Dreams. That was not clear to me at all. Okay, well, look, I have a lot of Dreams facts because I watched an hour-long documentary <laughs> about Dreams that's on the same YouTube channel that all of the episodes of Dreams are on. Which is run by clearly... Like a super fan. The world's biggest dreams super fan. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, is it just old TV on there? Or is no, it, it's just dreams. It's just, just dreams. It's just dreams. It's just dreams. It's episodes of dreams. It's clips of the songs from dreams. And it's this hour long documentary that I think he made about dreams. And it's <laughs> pretty well made. All things considered was made by a crazy guy that loves dreams. But I'm going to quote that as gospel. I didn't fact check any of it other than what this guy said in this hour long documentary. That is the amount of fact checking I want to be done for this podcast. So that is the effort. Watch the documentary. Do not fact check. I'll it. say up top about dreams. Here's the thing. We're doing it because we had had fun making fun of musical shows in the past. We did Cop Rock. We did Viva Laughlin. And we thought we should make fun of another musical. We Googled worst TV musicals of all time. This was on a list that we saw. This shows up a lot on lists. And we were like, great. 
John Stamos. That sounds cheesy and fun. We watched like the first five minutes. It was this weird dream sequence concert. We went, yeah, this is a show we should do. And according to, we couldn't find any reviews. There are no reviews of dreams anyway. I found one in the Christian Science Monitor. <laughs> the source for TV. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not joking because I I wanted to do my own research because yeah. I was so confused by this. Like how it exists. How it exists. Like how little of it aired and why. Like I wanted to see if there was some kind of like. like I just I'd like I had people questions. protesting it. I thought that because I understand it's like a footnote in Stamos's whole career, but I was like, just the John Stamos Association alone, I thought there would be like write ups. People would people. Well, I guess at eighty four he was no one. Like something. No, he was he was on a soap. He was on he a was soap. actually like a, a heartthrob from a soap. But here's the thing: according to this documentary, Dreams was actually pretty successful. It had the highest ratings in its time slot for uh, several years for the network. And it was only canceled. Wait, several years? Yeah, like this time oh, like slot. In, in several in years. Several years. In several years. I thought for yeah. several years, I was like, you can't. It's six episodes. How did you do this? So it only got canceled because the producer of the show was really mean to the guy that ran the network. <laughs> and they got into an argument. <laughs> and he was like, dude, you better watch it or I'll cancel your show. And the producer was like, cancel it. Dude, I don't care. And for some context, this producer, have you seen Licorice Pizza, the Paul Thomas Anderson film? Yes, yeah. saw it in theaters. Bradley Cooper's character in Licorice Pizza is, is a real-life person. Oh, it's yes. John who, Peters. Yes, oh, he was okay. the producer of this show. Well, then, now this all makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> he showed up, and by the way, John Peters is not portrayed uh, well in Licorice Pizza. He's an unhinged lunatic willingly flirting with underage girls. John Peters is still alive and didn't even consider suing. Like, Licorice Pizza came out, he's like, that's me. I don't know what you want me to do. I'm that guy. And so that guy made the show. And got into an argument with the head of the network, and that's why it was canceled. It continued to air around the world, again, according to this documentary that I watched, where it's kind of beloved in a lot of countries. He singled out two, two weird ones, which was the UK and Indonesia. Only one of which is a country. Well, the UK is several countries in the one. The UK is, yeah. Yeah. This one's not big in Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a weird combo, those two. Indonesia? Indonesia, Fascinating. Yeah. Is that also where bounty hunting's still legal? Maybe, I mean, it's illegal in the US. It's, yeah, it's two places. How many countries is Dog the Bounty Hunter legal in to watch? <laughs> <laughs> Weirdly enough, still in just Indonesia and the US. <laughs> But yeah, so apparently it was actually quite successful because it was debuted alongside Charles in Charge, yes. which ran for years. That was the other like half of the review in the Christian Science Monitor. Wait, so what, what does the CS Monitor have to say? They CS said, Monitor. I don't like Charles being in charge. God is in charge. <laughs> <laughs> they, it was literally like the headline was like, Charles in charge charms subpar dreams. Yeah. <laughs> like it was not, it was not positive. It was something like that, but they just were like, it was it was negative. It was a pan. It was a pan. It is it is weird to have a show that is like in that weird mixture between like third or like a three camera sitcom, like traditional like regular sitcom and single cam, and they just add a laugh track to a single cam, and they're like, great, we sitcoms need laugh tracks. So we know that. Who cares if they're on the docks right now? Yes. Yeah, but here's the thing about how it was filmed. What I learned from this documentary. They weren't filming like a normal sitcom because John Peters was like, I don't want to spend money. This thing might not even get picked up. So they didn't build sets, which is very unusual for a sitcom. They were just filming at real places. It was all just on location. So, <laughs> yeah, it was. It looked like a modern sitcom in that respect. Right. And then when the show actually got picked up, they didn't build on normal sound stages. They found an abandoned school and built all the sets there. Was it, so there was no audience. Was it filmed in Philly? No, it was filmed in L.A. Gotcha. But okay. the Philly connection is actually very interesting because John Peters was one of the producers of Flashdance. So actually knowing that, he pretty much remade Flashdance in Dreams. Here's all the similarities. So Flashdance, oh my God. Flashdance yeah. is in Pittsburgh. We could have just watched. I feel like we should have just all watched this documentary. Yeah. <laughs> so Flashdance <laughs> is in Pittsburgh. So like, I just move it to the other side of the state. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Go Philly. She's like a welder in Flashdance, and they're welder construction they're guys like in this. They're like machinists, yeah. Yeah. So he's just going back to the well on all of these? Yeah, the bartender in this show is the bartender from Flashdance. 
That's why I've seen it described as a pseudo spinoff. And I yeah. was like, what? How? For, <laughs> and it's just someone like trying to make an artistic dream that ha- happen when they're like working. Doing like a working job. class. Exactly. Apparently, some of the songwriters from Flashdance contributed songs to the soundtrack for this. Okay. Ooh. So they're just trying to like cash in on Flashdance being a hit. And weirdly, one of the songs from this became... It, it was a cover, and then Hart also covered yeah, it. Yeah, alone. And it became a huge hit, yeah. A number one hit. Yeah. Wait, hold on. So they covered it, and then Hart covered it? Yes. So there was a songwriting duo that went by I-10. Okay. They released an EP that the song Alone was on. Yeah. And I then... I get you alone. Yes. And then song. it was yeah. covered in the show by this fictional band. Their name is Dreams. Their name is Dreams. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which John Stamos and the Dreamers, which I completely missed as I was watching it, and then when Hart covered it, of course, it became this huge soaring mm-hmm. hit. But th- those guys, they also had huge songwriting careers. Yes, they Madonna, they wrote Whitney like a Houston, Cindy Lauper, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, and Dreams, and Dreams. Yeah. Like that's what this documentary was saying. That was like their first big songwriting gig. Mm-hmm. Was for Dreams. I okay. So let's. So the first episode, it is basic. It is very cut and dry. Yes. Yeah. They're like, we're gonna we're gonna play our bar, this bar that I know the my before we my really get into the, the owner. Before we really get into the episode, though, I want to talk about the opening credits. Okay. Which are the "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia" credits in many respects. <laughs> what? It's them just driving around Philadelphia, filming sights of Philadelphia, and then at the end, it has the exact same credit Danny DeVito has. It goes blah 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 as Frank. <laughs> That's how the credits in this are. It's the same credits from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Did It's Always Sunny steal from Dreams? I am sure unintentionally they did that. Because how hard is your show set in Philly? Because it's all just shots of Philly. It's just shots of Philly. But yeah. it's it's the weird thing at the end where it's like, and blah, 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 as Frank. That's the thing that really sealed it for me. Also, like, how many how many shows just go around? What is it about Philly that makes people just have to show people? What Do it, you want to get out of the car in Philly? <laughs> <laughs> or do you just want to drive around and get some shots and leave? It's like because I don't think Always Sunny films in Philly unless it's a location shot. I think they're mostly a studio in LA, right? Yes, I guess. Yeah. Yes, they're not. They're not fully. They're not immersed in the culture. I think one of them was from there, so he probably is. But yeah, yeah. No, now that I'm watching it, it is just shots of. It's, I, it's always sunny, man. It's weird though, because I can hear it's the Sopranos theme in my head. Is that <laughs> no? It's like it's a very eighties song that plays. Oh yeah, that's probably why I missed it. I just I just once the eighties music starts playing, I tune out pretty yeah. quickly. Well, then you would not have liked Dreams. I see why you didn't like the show. Now it is weird because that ballad she sings, like they have they have a rich girl who's she's the politician senator, senator's daughter, daughter, daughter. Yeah. and so she's rich and she has. All the she has money and they're and she's hot and so he's instantly in love with her and then they're like but I want to be part of the band and they're like oh well this is gonna be a problem just kidding she's also amazing at singing right it just every time this like show has a chance for conflict they just kind of forget about doing it and go never mind it works it's all fine <laughs> exactly well there was conflict within the band where they're like do we let her be the singer or not. Except for then she sang it it was fine. <laughs> yeah. so There's conflict within the band and then I don't know how explicitly this was spelled out in the episodes we watched but there's also like a love rivalry right between oh, yeah. the two women in the band Jamie over Gertz. John Stamos Jamie Gertz the brunette who's like already in it as a vocalist she I thought she was a musician I, I, oh, no, I think she's like a backup keyboard? singer no because keyboard is oh. the weird guy in the band. <laughs> yes the weird guy the people in the You're band are be more specific <laughs> so stamos on guitar and his roommate on bass who's the main songwriter mm-hmm. and then there's this like wild card in the band who he's the keyboardist then there's the drummer who doesn't talk which according to the documentary is because he didn't have a sag card <laughs> <laughs> he's just he's just frank zappa's drummer and he's in this show and so he just mostly nods or right. writes things down apparently which i kind of wish we'd seen some episodes in the middle where that because that's actually a funny gag if you just yes. don't let the drummer talk that's how you get around the strike everybody yeah just don't have anyone talk just a lot of miming um so yeah there definitely was a weird undercurrent of like jamie gertz kind of flirting with john stamos yeah but even then, they don't make that, like, I'm not saying you should make it, like, obvious, obvious, but they barely hint at it. Barely. 
Spe- speaking of uh, love triangle issues, this, and I'm really sad we didn't end up watching this episode, but uh, this documentary, which I guess everyone should watch if you have it's interest actually, in it's dreams. It's required viewing if you yeah. listen to this episode. But uh, he, said that, he said there was an episode where the ex-boyfriend of the senator's daughter uh, shows up and challenges John Stamos to a pumping iron contest. Nice. <laughs> That's a whole episode, apparently. Wow. To like what a conflict. for her love. Yeah. And then John Stamos just pumps more iron? They didn't say what happened. Just that there was an iron pumping contest. He's not that strong of a guy. It's also, John Stamos, is that what, what we look for in Stamos? I thought it's good that he's kind of smooth. Yeah, it's not that he's like a ripped. He's not tough. Yeah. Like, he's tough in, like, full house. He's full house tough. Oh, by the way, my memories of full house are very uh, vague. In full house, his character is also a musician. Yes. Yeah. Okay, I couldn't remember if he was a full musician or just sort of owned a guitar. No, and he also that has... I had seen. I think he requires people to make him a musician. I think he owned he has, a guitar at first, and then slowly the show went for 11 seasons, so he became a musician by the end. That makes sense. Because Stables just loves rock and roll. He has his own band that never did anything. He forced his way into becoming a member of the Beach Boys for a time. Yeah, that he is true. He just loves rock and roll. He infiltrated the Beach Boys. He's yeah, in he, the music video for Kokomo I playing steel drums. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he just, they, they're on Full House at one point, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. He just slowly charmed his way into the Beach Boys by being John Stamos. Which is the real dream. He, he infiltrated a cultural institution. Yeah, I would watch. Of, I would watch a sitcom about a guy it. who's too famous and just tries to join a band. He's not supposed to be able to. I would argue John Stamos uh, charming his way into the Beach Boys is the worst bit of charming that has ever happened to any of the Beach Boys. Infiltrating their life in that way, including <laughs> yes, yeah. including uh, he yeah. who he who must not be named. Yes, <laughs> are we calling Charles Manson Voldemort now? Oh, I forgot about Manson altogether. I was talking about the psychiatrist that started controlling Brian Wilson's life. This keeps <laughs> happening to the Beach Boys. Oh this God. keeps happening. I love the Beach Boys' biggest problem is they're too susceptible. Oh, my God. Hey, if you're listening and you have a multi-level marketing scheme that you need to make some quick money on, find a member of the Beach Boys because they'll buy in immediately. Just get some fish oil now. <laughs> yeah, they're like, wait, it's so it's good for gut health. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you got them; they're hooked. <laughs> I like that we were talking about two completely <laughs> different. different yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, well, which, which one were you talking about? I was talking about Charles Manson. Okay, I was like, wow, they both know that reference about Brian Wilson being manipulated by a psychiatrist. But now that you mention it, I do, yeah. I do recall, I do recall. I didn't know that one. I was all on, all yeah. on Manson. No, he was just like gone for like a decade as this guy controlled his life and took his money. Yeah. Well, listen, if you tell Brian Wilson you like pet sounds at certain points, he will just listen to you. Yeah. He will just love you forever. <laughs> anyway, tr- <laughs> dreams. <laughs> anyway. I like we all learn different things during that. Yeah. Hey, guys, if you're enjoying the episode, be sure to check us all out on Instagram. Uh, you can find Pamela Ross at Pam Not Anderson. You can find me at DPIC Comedy and Daniel Crow at Daniel F. Crow on Instagram. I wanted to say something different because I said that at the beginning, but then it just came out anyway. Anyway, I'm stopping us from listening to this episode (laughs) instead of... Anyway, uh, check out Pamela's uh, show if you're in New York every Tuesday. Just come. It's at Gram Bar. It's great. Or The Gram. The Gram. It's a dive bar. It's very fun. You should go to it. Uh, It's a great show. I'll be there on the August 29th if you're listening to this. I'll be there every August 29th, no matter when you're listening to this. I will just show up. We'll make it a thing. Um, Oh, uh, TikTok, uh, LitGrandma69, and check out my comedy special, Goblin King, on YouTube. Okay, great. Let's go back to the episode. Uh, So Jamie Gertz is fighting with that. Yeah, that other woman, by the way, just an incredible singer. Yes, Valerie Stevenson. And I like that you kind of only can tell the women are rivals because they have different hair color. <laughs> it literally, it's they're blonde like, versus brunette. They're like, We're... wow. Okay, cat fight. <laughs> How are they going to get along? They're clearly two different people. This is Gilligan's Completely Island with a different. band. 
<laughs> species of women. Yeah, Valerie Stevenson, I looked her up because I had never heard of her. I didn't know anything. As you shouldn't. And she was, this was like her big, her biggest on-screen role. And then she also did sign some kind of recording contract with CBS. Clearly has a great voice. And and she passed away in 2020. Well, yeah. And that's kind of it. Uh, I mean, well, I'm I sure hate to keep going I'm back to the documentary. <laughs> <laughs> it was very informative. She was. Uh, she had a background in country music. She was a regular at the Grand Old Opry. She had been a backup singer for successful groups. She had had like a small country music career before this. So this wasn't all she did. Mm-hmm. But this was, that was kind of the ramp up into being like, well, now you're going to do the show that's basically like a flash dance thing on TV. Yeah. And then it got successful, a little bit of success, and then... And uh, then John Peters threw a fit, <laughs> and it got canceled. John Peters sabotaged his own show. By the way, do you guys recognize the name of the creator? Because I did. Oh, Andy Borowitz. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Created uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Noted what? satirist. Wait. This is and the same creator. created the Fresh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yeah. yeah. Same creator as Fresh Prince. I did not know that, but I know the Borowitz report. Of, and of course. All, of course. Who can forget? The, the scourge of... So many comedic minds. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a, it's allegedly a satire column in the New York Times, but I mean the New Yorker. But I, but it's, I mean it's it's exactly the kind of it's, it feels in the same vein as like SNL political satire, where you're like, it's, a, it's like yeah, if you find Randy Rainbow gut busting, you're gonna <laughs> love this. It's really like white centrists. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. really it's uh, just like the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. <laughs> Here's here's the thing about. I had this, no though. idea he created the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. But this yeah. is, this is what's crazy. He had a big old fucking hit. So the show was doing well. John Peters gets into an argument with the head of the network. The network's like, "I'm canceling it." Bye. If it keeps running for several years, a la Charles in charge. Here's what doesn't happen. No Stamos on Full House. Yeah, yeah. Does Full House is it a success without Stamos? He's a bit of a heartthrob. He's bringing in eyeballs. I will. I will say uh, it's still successful because this is a show that is as inoffensive as Full House. Yeah. And it's like, oh, if he had had a better supporting cast, I think it would have been successful. <laughs> and but also, if it keeps going a few years, probably no Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Right. Because he doesn't yeah. have time, which means. Because Will Rock's face remains unslapped. Will Smith never becomes an actor, really. <laughs> Right. Yeah. We can butterfly butterfly effect. <laughs> so many things. Well, the, Will Smith is. There's also been spoken at length about how instrumental Will Smith was in getting Hollywood to accept like black lead actors and big budget things. Yep. So John Peters throwing a fit and getting it canceled early directly leads to the acceptance of black actors in Hollywood. When you think about it. Yeah, and that's how Halle Berry won an Oscar. Kind, maybe. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of a monster's balls. <laughs> Jesus, John Peters really just ruining. Yeah. It, okay. So, oh, and by the way, if anyone's curious, just Google Barbara Streisand dated John Peters. So. Yeah, that's how he got into becoming a producer. Yeah. So just Google that, and you'll learn. You'll learn a lot. It's a really interesting portal. Yeah. Oh my god. So my problem is I've just not been dating famous enough or being enough of a maniac. Well, you've got one of those down. Okay, cool. Now you just need to start dating I'm, famous people. Throw uh, out, yeah. <laughs> throw out your meds. Yeah. <laughs> Toss them into the wind. Let Hollywood take control. Barbara, if you're listening, David is ready to date. <laughs> yeah. I'm out. I'm ready to produce. <laughs> or reproduce. Whatever you want, Barbara. Whatever you need. Um, I like that we just talk to famous people on this podcast. Every episode. Every episode. Oh, really? I, it just keeps you happening. make direct appeals <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every episode. to celebrities. Feel free to make an uh, appeal to whatever celebrity you want right now. Oh, my God. Justin Long. <laughs> you're really? F- listen, okay. he's from my hometown. Justin, I know you're in a little bit of a conundrum with the Jonah Hill controversy, but you're the only non-comedy celebrity who's told me I'm very funny. So please don't fuck this up because I need, I need this. <laughs> what did Justin Long do with Jonah Hill? He, uh, he's just a ra- he's around. He was a ra- he was cre- he was maybe 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 creepily enabling Jonah Hill to hit on um, underage w- women actors when he was coming up. But yeah, yeah, it's, I can't it's, take that. We can't take that. Fairfield, Connecticut, cannot take that kind of heat right now. Between <laughs> are you kidding? Between Justin Long and John Mayer, what did I mean? John Mayer in general, or yeah, his whole thing. Guys, leave the hitting on underage actresses to John Stamos, please. 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 That's what John does. 
Does John sue us? Do I don't know. Please don't sue us, John. I just want to. I Please figured leave he does. it to Terry Seinfeld. Yeah, All right, that's what we have proof of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this we podcast has got a lot of. Yeah, places. we should probably say with the. Sh- we should probably do the plot of the episode. Yeah. Uh, the first one we kind of yeah. did it. Uh, so yeah, no. She the pilot. Yeah, they they start off. There's a weird dream sequence. It opens with a dream sequence where they're playing a concert. But it's and then it's revealed and like oh, I was just having an amazing dream about dreams. By the way, in the dream, he says the, after he wakes up, he's like, "We were playing a concert at Madison Square Garden." But within the dream, it's clearly like a pretty small club, right? That yeah. holds a couple hundred people. It's really it's just it's depending on people to not know what Madison Square Garden looks like yeah. from the front. And he sees a, a sort of a beautiful blonde woman emerges from the crowd. Yeah, and he like falls in love with her basically. Yeah. And that's how I, that's when I learned that senators have access to mind control. <laughs> that's that's what the show's really about. We would have learned some deep conspiracies after certain episodes. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, then it's in uh, the, one of the worst jokes of the whole thing being like, it was the stream in color. We should have it in black and white. That way it's cheaper to have again. Laugh track. That's our first. We're like three minutes in and then the laugh track happens. Right. Yeah. The laugh track is, is throughout the episode, but very minimally. They'll they'll do jokes and not do the laugh track sometimes. It's also yeah, I like that it is a soundtrack enough that they're like, well, I don't think this one's actually that good of a joke. But I, I want to note the laugh track because of how it's filmed and how sparsely the laugh track is used. And by the time you get to the last episode, which we watched in the second episode, they're not doing laugh track at all. Yeah, just which they is got rid of it. Crazy. It's completely gone. Yeah, it's crazy for the time period that they were doing that. No comedies were not doing laugh tracks at the time, so it's actually pretty innovative in how they were presenting this show as a whole or they had given up i don't know man maybe maybe it's such an easy thing to do when you're editing the episode anyway i don't know if they'd given up or people stopped caring and he thought let's not even do the laugh track and see if it works i like to think it's formal inventiveness yeah. <laughs> that, they, that they actually pioneered yeah i mean i'd be curious to see we didn't watch like episode six or whatever when it was still on the air but i'm wondering if they were still doing the laugh track by that point yeah. yeah, I do like the idea of John Peters being like, "Well, fuck that. We don't need the laugh track either. Just it's too it expensive." Uh, so then, yeah, they they are working at the docks. Kind, yeah, that's just doing shipping they have to, stuff. It's like they got to get up and go to their day job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at the dock, doing shipping like shipping crates. They're like machine. Their job is unclear to me. Yeah, they're just kind of at. Well, in the documentary, <laughs> they do say that they're welders. They specify that they're welders. Yeah. So okay, okay. just like Flash Oh, wait. Dance. They do. I remember they make a weird joke about it. They make just a joke. Like <laughs> just like Flash I can't like get over dance, like, the man. carbon copy elements. Okay. Because <laughs> they make a joke that's like, yeah, this pro- guy probably still uses washer nuts and a screw hole or something like that. I don't It was some weird tech, techno babble oh, for plumbing. Okay. And I was, and then it gets a laugh from the audience. And I was like, were we supposed to get that? <laughs> or, well, yeah. if you had just seen Flashdance. <laughs> that was a joke for everyone in the trades. <laughs> this, this show really had something for everyone. Yeah. I don't think that's... A, <laughs> that's why we brought this blonde in for the trade workers. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they're at their day job. And then they go to the club, right? The bar. They that's, go to the bar they play at. No, yeah, first yeah. they find out that their gear has been stolen. Oh, for like before they they're like, oh my amp, our amps were stolen. Because they have to go to the bar for and be like, can you get us some new amps? Gotcha. And he's like, listen, just because we're family doesn't mean I like you. Uh, just also your band's bad. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, hey, I love your band. It's just missing one thing, and that would make it a good band. But right now, it's pretty bad. <laughs> it's yeah, they're Uncle Frank. Uncle Frank. Oh, Frank. If you're making a show set in Philadelphia at a bar, you got to have a Frank that's old and balding. Yeah, and Italianish. Yeah, which is of my people. Yeah, that is that is the old balding Italian South Philly guy. He's he's around. Yeah, especially in the '80s before all the riots. Yeah, before the Always Sunny riots. <laughs> It's There's not always sunny anymore. <laughs> so, so much blood spilled. So many casualties. It's, it's always sunny as a, as rioting would be a fun. I'm surprised they haven't done that episode. They might 
have even big Always Sunny fans. There's like 20 seasons at this point. You could have forgotten that episode exists. The gang, right. the gangs in a riot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the gang riots. The gang riots. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's uh, we'll we'll add that to the pile of spec scripts we're not sure. going to make. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, so then they go, the uncle's like, fuck you guys. And they're like, we're never going to be able to do this. And then they run into this hot. Well, no, because their plan to make a thousand dollars is to sell some of their records that they have. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. Oh, yes, yeah. yes, yes. And he's like, five dollars. And he's like, five dollars. That's, you could give me at least 10. And the guy doesn't say anything and immediately tries to sell the record to someone else in front <laughs> of them. Like he hasn't officially bought the record off of him yet. He's already selling it? Yes. I love that for that guy. He's so <laughs> he's so industrious. Yeah. Someone really, you know, moving the plot forward. But the person he's trying script. to sell the record to is the senator's daughter. And John Stamos immediately falls in love. Because he's like, I dreamed about her. Well, here's how quickly he falls in love. The, the bassist that he's roommates with says something that, I don't remember what it is. I don't remember it finding it overtly offensive or anything. But John Stamos immediately goes, watch it. She's going to have my kids. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that. It's pretty presumptuous, John, but okay. Um, and then what was the other? Uh, so then, yeah, they talk for a second. He charms her because he's John Stamos. Well, there's a really good line of he walks up to her, and this is his pickup line. He says, "Hey, if you could be one song in the world, what would it be?" She hits him back with an all timer. She says, "Beat it." <sighs> She would be jerking off right now. Is yes, that, that's okay, what that's, she's saying. <laughs> is that what "Beat It" is about? Yeah, it's yes. about jerking off to John Stamos specifically. Wow, good for good for Michael. I mean, it was weird because at the at that age, John Stamos was a little younger. <laughs> oh, so that's why Michael. Okay, it makes that's, sense. Yeah, yeah, that's why he was into it. Yeah, it's just it's been John Stamos. He's just been a sex icon for too long. It's really he's got it's Lindsay Lohan problems. That must be debilitating. <laughs> To be John, <laughs> to be John Stamos. No, you get to just join the Beach Boys for no reason. Okay, yeah. wait. No, then it's very cool. Okay, yeah. <laughs> change my mind. I was forgetting about some of the advantages of so, just being hot all the time. Yeah, just being perennially hot. Um. So yeah, he just sees her in the record store and opens uh, pretty strong, and then they arrange a kind of date. Uh. Yeah, they go yeah. on a date. He goes to her house, right? As soon as she finds out he's in a band. Oh, right. She hates him, but he's like, I'm in a band. And he literally like, goes, well, I'm, I'm a musician. And, and she's like, immediately it's her the whole the fact demeanor that he, changes. The fact that he looks like John Stamos didn't sway her at all. <laughs> but he's like, hey, just want to let you know, I am wasting my time. But and also, she was like, I'm in. To be yeah. fair, this does feel like what a guy who looks like Andy Borowitz thinks happens. <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah, a heads up like, for me. He's pulled up a picture of Andy Borowitz. He's like, if I were a Chad, <laughs> yeah. I'd this walk is what up, women like. I walk up to any chick and I'd just be like, I'm playing guitar. <laughs> and she'd immediately suck my dick. That's why he's wearing that leather jacket. Nice. It is weird to just imagine Andy Borowitz saying all the lines of the Fresh Prince. Well, and it makes a lot of sense. You also have to consider that when he was writing this script, he had to get John Peters to approve it. Right. And John Peters might have been like, nah, that's not how women are. <laughs> Too I'm hot. John Peters I know you walk right up to them you're like hey let's do this and they go yeah whatever <laughs> and you go no I'm in a band you lie about that you John. lie about that <laughs> don't tell them you're a hairdresser <laughs> that's how John Peters that career was his, started yeah that was his job <laughs> you tell one famous Jew in Hollywood you're in a band <laughs> you date her for a while you're a producer that's how it works that's my dream uh, so then, yeah, she's she's into it. He goes over to her. They're like, she's rich. Mm -hmm. She'll give us the money. Oh, they recognize her as Lisa uh, Lisa Copley. Yeah, they she, don't recognize her. The guy that works at the record. The guy store. that works. Okay, yeah, he's big into politics. <laughs> he's really in the loop. <laughs> do you do you know what your senator's children look like <laughs> right no. now? And what do they look? Do you know your senators? I mean, for a while I oh. did because uh, it was Joe Biden. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, right. You're from Delaware. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So see, we're both from Delaware. Yeah. Ah. No, I don't think I know it. I, I don't even think I fully know who they are. New York is Schumer and Gillibrand, right? Yes. Great. Great. So you know one family member of one of your senators. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Um. <laughs> anyway. 
Amy, this is a podcast still. Hi, hi Amy. These coded references. We know you listen. <laughs> she's she's yeah, a former friend of the pod. Oh <laughs> uh, god! So then she goes over. Or he goes over to her place and he tries to ask her for the money, but he's like, "Listen, I like you too much. I'm not going to ask for the money." Mm-hmm. And she's like, "It's fine because I've always wanted to be a singer in a band anyway." They're like, oh, no, we have to put this hot girl in the band. She's going to be bad at it. That's why she's not in a band. So they let her audition, and she's immediately good. And then the episode ends. She's immediately amazing. Yeah. Like, incredible. And then everyone has to, including the 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 brunette, has to begrudgingly agree that she's incredible. Yeah, they, they are all, they're like, we're not going to like her. And they're like, all right, she's the best singer. Like, <laughs> And honestly, she's so good. Yeah, she's so good. She's... It, like it, the show is so bad, and or the show is so mediocre that when she starts singing, I'm like, it like stopped me for a second. I was like, oh, I guess I'll pay attention. Yeah. So then the episode <laughs> the ends, show. and this is why I don't actually hate the show. I don't think it's terrible because we skip all the way to the finale for the episode that we watch, mm-hmm. and just based on them introducing this woman that is great and is going to turn around the band, and her having like connections and rich parents, and all that. I think. By the end of the first season, surely they'll have gone on and they're kind of successful now. No, it's a realistic depiction. They're still playing at that bar at the end. <laughs> yes. Like, they're still struggling. It's a realistic portrayal of what it's like to be in a band. Well, they Not win- everybody makes it. <laughs> and I kind of was like, you know what? Yeah, pretty cool. I mean, it had been, been not that long. It only been like 12 weeks. Have you, been but there are months. plenty of shows that are very quickly condensing the time frame for how long it takes to right. get big in whatever art form. This was a whole season and they were still just an unsuccessful bar band, even though they had talent in the band. They had talent and they had people that looked like John Stamos. Right. Yeah, they and they're, they're still playing at that same... And it's for her parents' anniversary party? For her birthday. Oh, for her birthday. But her parents have invited all of their rich and connected friends. Oh, okay. To this weird, like, dive bar. To this gathering. Yeah. Oh, and they don't want to have the party there. Is it... They want to have it at the country club. Right. Yeah. Wait, they have... So it's at a school... So the whole thing is filmed at a school. Yes. The so, bar is in the gymnasium. Yeah, I was about to say, that's just the gym with the, like, <laughs> the theater stage that they have uh-huh. for, like kids plays right that's what they're playing on i didn't like once you said the school thing i'm like picturing there and i'm like it's too rectangular that it has it feels like an elks lodge Mm -hmm. that is also that whole episode it's the school from the karate kid by the way also that's the thing they couldn't get famous because then they would have had to find a new school to upgrade to have as new stages yeah, I guess maybe that was the season two plan or whatever. I love the season two. They just they take over a high school, so it's a wider auditorium they could take a, they could use. You We're see, playing theaters now. They They're could just have slowly scaling up. Yeah. They could have just done more location filming. Yeah, they did it in the pilot. Is the reason people don't normally do that because it's inconvenient and expensive? I don't know. You have to I, secure locations and whatnot. I'm not yeah. an expert in Hollywood location well, filming. Well, so you know who is. Who? David Piccolomini. <laughs> I did work in production, but yeah. uh, I think I, will, I, I think John Peters and John Stamos wanted to hang around a school and not have anyone question them. I think it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, that's <laughs> we <much> just <laughs> we uncover a complete a whole conspiracy that CBS. John, you'll get it. This is just practice. If we can be comfortable <laughs> in this school, we can be comfortable at any school. They'll never see us. Ugh. <laughs> And okay, here's one of my hangups with you know the creative choices they made is that I understand that there's going to be probably at least one, you know one performance by the band every episode, right? Of course. Mm-hmm. But like this, okay, the, in the first episode, the song she sings for her audition, you see the whole song, right? Yes, like it's a full number. And then at the end, when she performs with the band, same is number. It the same song. It's the same number. It's an '80s like techno remix of it. Yeah. And it's worse. They've Look. just like they've they've like like fucked up her audio quality the whole time. So it's that weird like synth voice and yeah. everything. Yeah, it's just a worse version of the same song. It's just like repetitive. So I don't... from what I've gathered from both reading up on the show and watching that documentary on YouTube now, check it out. Is that every uh, musical number in the show they filmed and tried to send to MTV as a music video? 
Oh, like and part they, of like the promotional. Yeah, band. and that they makes they, sense. they released an album as well. Yes, they released an, uh, like at least an EP, right? No, full album. Full album. Full, Holy you shit! Can, on, you can listen on a major to label it. and everything. Damn. And it seemed like that was one of the things when they canceled it. The rains were going up because one of the songs was getting airplay on MTV, which is another thing. Like, why would you cancel this thing? It's working. It's according working, to yeah. the documentary. Well, I mean, that's according to a documentary made by a fan of Dreams that runs a whole YouTube channel devoted to Dreams. Yeah. Yes. Where did they get this information? Were they? CD- I didn't question. He had a British accent, so I accepted everything he said. <laughs> oh well, I mean, maybe there's just. I heard more. it was. I heard it was popular in the UK. Yeah. Maybe there's just more information about it out there. Well, he had a he had a clip in the UK. I don't know. Because. Oh, yeah. you know British internet. It is smarter. <laughs> There's more facts on British internet. Well, because the whole thing aired over there, and he said it aired in like a very good time slot when there were only four channels, so a lot of people saw it. Mm-hmm. But he had clips from musicians who were like, I wanted to become a musician after I saw Dreams. Wow. And they were all British. Wow. Yeah. So Dreams really, Dreams had a whole cultural impact abroad that we know nothing about. Maybe that's the reason... Uh, no laugh tracks ended up working it was in some show internationally that then some people over here saw and that's how we ended up where we are today who knows yeah do you know ricky gervais was actually inspired by dreams to get rid of the laugh well track? uh he was a musician he that was made in music an 80s a, band he, the, they made music a lot like the music in dreams yeah i mean pause the record let's find that video and you can give no, your opinion I know, I know i've heard i've heard ricky gervais's pop music i forgot about that yeah but yeah you're right that is exactly it's like 80s garbage yeah yeah <laughs> Ricky Gervais just slowly watching John. Oh man, <laughs> I'm trying to think of John Stamos in The Office now. It doesn't work at all. He doesn't uh, belong in a, there in a minor arc where he comes in. Yeah, like in an Idris Elba style, yeah, yeah, where yeah. it's like I'm too handsome to be here. I was gonna say he's too handsome, then I was like Idris Elba was on there. But that was literally being the all whole, handsome and British. That was kind of his role is to be handsome and British. Yeah, so. John Stamos, Idris Elba, buddy cop show. Hmm. Yeah, neither of them can act as well as they we think they can. Yeah, so that's why they're buddy cops. I want, completely off topic, I really want to see Tim Meadows and Ken Marino do a buddy comedy. Mm. That's great, yep. Yeah. It would be on board. That's my pitch. Yep, yeah, the incompetence and the aggression. Hollywood? They're the real-life cops that John Stamos and Idris Elba, their characters are based off in the buddy <laughs> comedy, and they have to live in the world where like they're like famous from the, a series of like lethal weapon style films and it tears them <laughs> apart. Are you is writing this, this down? This yeah. is the other, it's recorded luckily. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, okay. What happens to this? Cause I, we do need to talk about the second yeah, episode. Sorry. The second episode yeah. is so much weird. The first episode is just kind of establishing sure. all this stuff. The second episode is so much weirder. Cause they're like, Hey, you want to get with the blonde girl? You got to make sure her parents fucking love you, dude. There is yes. a joke I like in this episode. It's right. pretty rare that I get a joke I like on one of these shows. Not since Dog with a Blog. Yeah, Dog with a Blog was weird. Um, <laughs> so the plot of the episode is that they're throwing a party at the bar for the birthday of the new singer. Her parents are rich. They invite all her friends. So the band tries to pretend to be like rich and snooty to impress her parents. But not Frank, not the bartender. He meets the senator and he goes up to him. He's like, hey. I'll tell you how to deal with these Russians. <laughs> Send me and a buddy in there, land a plane r- right in front of the Kremlin, give us a bottle of whiskey, we'll take care of them. <laughs> it's just so out of left field for the show that I was like, yeah, you know what? I find this funny. Yeah. That, You're like, I'm on board. Yeah. I like, I like it. Well, it does make sense because like Andy Borowitz would just have all these weird political jokes just like casually thrown into like... Yeah, it was like shoehorned in. Yeah. I mean, the fact that it's a fucking senator's daughter... For like that's like it's not just like a rich person or like yeah i i find that um like something like that like senator's daughter congress woman's son is sometimes just used as like um it's like a byword for like a rich affluent kid what's the lowest level government position that would work for do you think councilman a, com- a comptroller's <laughs> nephew <laughs> <laughs> yeah a, a councilman's stepson <laughs> yeah i'm the city auditor's godson so so don't fuck with me yeah. it is weird that they have to put up signs for that every year like yeah. 
they're like, you got to vote for me, the city auditor. And I'm like, who is You're that? You're running unopposed. <laughs> yeah, is anyone? Why do you have your sign up? <laughs> um, okay. Uh, well, oh, so they're like, you got a Trojan horse in. Mm-hmm. with You got to win over the parrots. And then he just talks to the mom, and it doesn't work at all. He just talks to her like, the whole time. He like, keeps, almost the whole episode. He, and yeah. He, and all he's saying is like, I want to have a lot of kids. And, yeah, I want to have just, a lot of like, kids. He's like, I'm a family man. He's doing like people, like the fake people pleasing joke of like, oh, he's blowing it, but he doesn't know it because he thinks he's saying the right things. Yeah, he thinks he's crushing it. Uh, and then dramatic the, irony. The weirdo keyboardist he shows up in like a full tuxedo, putting on a <laughs> fake accent and just going around <laughs> telling people like, yeah, I was just hanging out with Princess Diana and Charles. <laughs> they're not real. They're not cool. We're not like friends anymore. I'm too good for them. <laughs> he just does that the whole episode. Uh, that joke doesn't age well. So no. what is his? What is his angle that he's just like eccentric? He, he just wanted he's people to fancy. think he's cool. It's, or do you mean overall in the show? Yeah, overall. Oh, the well, character's yeah, wild deal. Card. Yeah. Wild he's, card. He's, okay. just, he's just the weirdo. Gotcha. Comedic relief. You need that in a sitcom. It's, yeah, the, the comedic- guy you could just kind of throw. Well, no, usually, like, if you do them right, though, they're Phoebe. You know what's a good <laughs> comedic relief, the, though? What? A silent drummer that only nods. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> I hope he does the like the bottom ching, or does that count as communication? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Does that? Yeah, is that breaking union rules? Bottom <laughs> Give animal, just like animal style. <laughs> you communicate. Our drummer's uh, on the spectrum. He communicates through us through drums. <laughs> I wonder because they hired him because he was Zappa's drummer. So he probably played on the recording as well. I wonder if they wrote him some lines and he was so bad they were just like, well. We'll just have you keep nodding. <laughs> we don't need you in SAG. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he delivered lines and SAG was like, listen, you guys can keep them. We're not going <laughs> to. We're going on strike in 40 years anyway. You don't want to be a part of this. <laughs> and eventually, the Lisa's mom like is like, hey, listen, I know what you're trying to do. She like confronts him. Just fully shuts it down. Yeah. And it was, it was funny, though, because she's like, yeah, this doesn't work. It's not going to work. It's never going to work. You should give up. And then that doesn't change. He doesn't win them over. Right. Yeah, it's like a realistic show. Sure, but that's of, not what they're doing, though. Of dreams being crushed. Yeah. I would love if this show is actually just like every episode is them like systematically failing. And then they play a song at the end and everybody's like, well, that's cool. Wait, so by the end of season one, they've made no professional advances. That we saw. That we saw and John Stamos does not get the girl. Yeah. No, he kind of, I think, I guess what they're trying to do at the end, because uh, they sing a song at the end. Mm-hmm. And like, is that supposed to change everybody's mind that they should be together? Is that what they were trying to do with like the like, look how good they are at singing together? Clearly. Yeah, I guess it might have been be set up, but I don't know. I guess that's really the problem with the show is like if you're going to be this like if you're going to be this cheesy and bold, Mm -hmm. you should probably do it the entire time. The all the music sequences reminded me of Miami Connection. Have you guys seen Miami Connection? No. Oh, it's just like a famous so bad it's good movie about a band who fight ninjas. Oh, yes. I know about Miami Connection. Yeah. All of the music reminds me of Miami Connection. That is very accurate yeah. <laughs> including the bad bar in all of it if i found out that they used the same auditorium <laughs> before the set got torn down i wouldn't be surprised <laughs> they were like quick we gotta get to you trying to see when it came out yeah like 85 or so oh so it would have been the exact same time yeah mm, interesting uh miami connection 88 it was like in the can for a while before it got released. <laughs> the wait, they didn't they didn't just release this gem immediately? No, cuz it was just an independent film made by some guy. It wasn't like a studio production at all. It's just a guy who snuck into a school, found the sets and was like, "I know what we can make here." Yep. It's finally time for my ninja. <laughs> Thank God I wrote this script about ninja musicians already. Again, they're against ninjas. They do taekwondo. They're musicians that they hate the ninjas. Okay, they're they do not taekwondo. They, they do are taekwondo. They are martial artists. Which is it's which is what dreams needed. It needed martial arts. Yeah, I would. <laughs> it needed martial arts. It needed stunts. Yeah. Okay. Honestly, that's let's get into it. Oh, last thing we do is uh, we're gonna uh, say one thing we would do to improve the show or fix it in some way, and then also a show we'd recommend. 
that we think people should check out. Dale, do you want to start? Because I feel like you're already halfway through with stunts. Yeah. No, this should... Like, if you want to make a show about these, these this rockin' band, make their lives rock as well. There should be cool welding stunts that they do. <laughs> where they, like, fight off some guys with their welding tools. Honestly, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm more in on this show with John Stamos using, like, a welding gun to fight thugs. It'd be sick. You yeah, that's what I would change. Give their Make their lives as rock and roll as yes. they wanted to be. There should be gutter punks that are in opposition to them that they rock and change their mind. And then they beat them up. They beat them up before or after they changed their mind with the power of rock. Before and after. That's the whole episode. <laughs> uh, and do you want to recommend a show? Yeah. Um, if you want to watch a show about a band trying to make it, watch Nirvana, the band, the show. It had two seasons on Viceland. It's very, very funny. Where can you find it now? Is it only on the Internet Archive? Yeah, it's on the Internet Archive. The oh, like the creators of the show. So it's don't free like, to watch. They don't like Vice and like watch it pirated if you want. I don't care. Great. So go to the Internet and you can find it there. Uh, Pamela, what would you fix about? What would you change about the show? Well, if anything, I wanted to see them more grounded in the local Philly music scene. It felt <laughs> like they existed in the vacuum, or they just played at this bar. Yeah. And that was it. It is very much exactly how sometimes you go into a place and you're like, oh, you're the mayor of this bar. You have worked really hard and spent a lot of time to become very important at this one location. Yeah. Season two, you wanted them to like meet Hall and Oates or something. I want them to have, I want them to at least like, I don't know, like play a house show or like have a rivalry with a local band or like a run in or I, I love that in Philly too. Something. Like just a real yeah. grungy Philly band that they're, yeah, someone to like be, and I think that's really the nature of, yeah, mine too, but hold on. Uh, and then a show you'd recommend. It, Does it, it doesn't have to do with this. It could be anything. It could be anything. Just a sh This is a bad show. What's a good show? A good show is uh, called Back to Life. Um, it was on the BBC, and you can watch it on Showtime here. Um, Daisy Haggard made it. You may know her from Episodes or Breeders on FX. Oh, okay. Um, and it's a really, really great uh, like kind of dark comedy drama about a woman from a like a small English seaside town who was in jail for a long time and then she she comes back and has to readjust oh it's her regular life and and um and and daisy also stars in it and it's really well done like a funny rectify yeah <laughs> kind of like that <laughs> no i don't that's rectify is such a fucking <laughs> i confuse rectify and justified oh right because there? of the names and i've never seen either of them oh <laughs> <laughs> Uh, rectified is about coming back from prison and justified it's about killing prisoners oh okay <laughs> no uh, right. it's not really about killing prisoners but uh, it's <laughs> about being out of place in time anyway that's it's like what if the guy from what happens if Timothy Oliphant's character from Deadwood just got moved to modern time Kentucky oh interesting okay. that's that's basically he, it's like an old school sheriff operating in the modern world but doing a lot of the Elmore Leonard Rhinus. I guess I'm recommending Justified. Uh, <laughs> I love that show. It's a great show. There you go. Slept on. It's kind of, it's one of the two things that kind of launched Walton Goggins. Uh, it was that and uh, The Shield mm. early on for him. And uh, yeah, it's really great. And there's a new series of it that just came out. So catch up on the old Justified and then watch the new one, the uh, rival that came out. And I guess I'll just end with what I uh, think the show needed, which was a uh, conflict at all. Yeah. Just conflict. There's uh, no pumping iron contest. <laughs> yeah, for, sure. Fine. But make the show as light as that the whole time that it just do that kind of because it just tries to do like five tones that are all kind of not really working. And if it just picked one and had conflict around, it's like every single problem gets solved like that. It's like, oh, we lost our amps. Oh, this girl will give us new amps. Oh, no. But now she wants to be part of the band. Oh, wait, she's amazing. OK, but now we have to play together. Oh, wait, that's fine, too. Can I just quickly change what I want to make the show different to make it better? Yes. Make them a ska band. Oh, hell yeah. Perfect. No notes. There we go. <laughs> it just... <laughs> I like that because there's so many more characters. If they if they had been a ska band... There's 15... You don't even have to worry about getting all SAG yeah. credits. They all just speak from trombones. Yeah. <laughs> if, they're, if they had been a ska band, season two, they would have picked it up, picked it up, picked it up. <laughs> Good night, everybody.